So we are back, episode 59 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast, and we're delighted to be joined by 2020 America's Strongest Man, Anthony Deal. So Anthony, first of all, thank you very much for joining today, and second of all, public apology from me to both of you, because I got the dates messed up. We and Chris tried to do this yesterday, as Chris posted on our Silly Goose Gang Instagram, called me a fucking asshole, quite rightly. So again, Anthony, thank you for uh, a ginger back asshole. on. A ginger, a ginger asshole. asshole, you're ginger. right, a ginger asshole. And you <laughs> slid it back by an hour as well. So thank you very much for being extremely accommodating and, and joining us today, mate. Thanks for the invite. Happy to be here. Yeah, so 585-pound front squat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still feeling that one, man. Um, 600 is the ultimate goal. I really, I'm actually kind of mad I didn't go for it. Uh, I think it was there. It was, it was I yeah, when Ali, Ali, Ali sent me the video and he, you know, he said, "Did you see Anthony's uh, uh, front squat?" So he sent me the link. And I'm like, Holy shit! <laughs> it did look like, like it looked like there was a quite a bit more there. Like six hundred was probably there. It, it looked it, quite comfortable. It, so what actually happened is I walked into the gym that day and I was feeling pretty good, but um, I have a, we have an awesome strongman gym, strongman powerlifting. And there's like eight racks along the wall, and all of them were taken except the mono lift. So I went and I was like, all right, I'll just I'll front squat the mono lift. And they had a squat bar in there, right? So it's like 55 pounds, a little bit thicker diameter. And all of those things matter, right? When you're going for something max effort. And I worked up to 565, and I put I placed my arms, I you know, I do cross arm like this. And when I went down, uh, the bar was just big enough that like there's a little divot here in my delts where a regular power bar can just sit real nice. This bar was just big enough that it started to slide forward, and I caught the nastiest bicep cramp trying to keep it up. And uh, and I started to roll forward in my upper back, but the speed was super fast. So uh, somebody cleared out the rack. So I moved all the way down to the other rack, loaded it up with 585 on a power bar because I thought, you know, this is gonna be this is gonna be a lot easier. I think. I think that really gnarly 565 with kind of bad technique in my upper back compromised me a little bit, but um, like my legs weren't sore at all. Like leg power, quad power was there all day. It was there was definitely some rounding of my upper back with it. So I think 600s there. I tried 600 six weeks ago and barely missed it. Mm. Barely, barely. Uh, poor jump selection, and uh, I'm kind of kicking myself for not hitting it this last time but uh but 585 it moved pretty well so i was really happy with that especially given the circumstances but i don't know if you saw the caption uh on my instagram but i was like look if you don't believe in god just front squat 585 because you're going to meet him <laughs> <That's>, um, <laughs> so I, I, like you know, I, I was saying this to ali like so, so ali knows uh you know i'm fairly strong uh and i've maxed uh 140 kilos which will be most yeah maybe just under 300 295 pounds and that was you know like 95 97 percent probably uh you know and i'm fairly strong so when somebody when you see somebody doing 585 and it looks like 90 percent you think fucking hell it makes sense yeah. and because and because like you know if people people are listening and don't really know it's such a different ex like everybody back squats right but nobody really not a lot of people front squat 
So it doesn't make sense when you you know when that seems shocking. Um, like go try front squat. <laughs> like it sucks. Yeah, right. it does suck. It's funny. I mean, obviously I can back squat a hell of a lot more than I can front squat. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just the way I'm built, my levers or whatnot. Mm. I'm really comfortable in a front rack in a front squat position. I think it's probably the more upright torso. I don't get any like torque in my low back. And then with strongman, so much of what we do is front loaded. <clears throat> and so, um, actually, I have an interesting story how I got so good at front squatting and got into front squatting was um, three, four years ago. I was being a dumbass and ego lifting in the gym like we all do, and I had. 605 on a safety bar and a big PR. I was going to hit it for a double and I hit it for a double. And the second rep moved pretty well. So I thought, well, I'm just going to go for a triple, get a little greedy. Well, dumbass me didn't have the safety bar set at all. And I went down and that thing pushed me forward. And now all of a sudden it's a 600 pound good morning, which you can't escape. You know, the safety bar has those handles that come down like this. So you can't dump it back. So I literally tried to push it over my head as hard as I could. But the one handle, I managed to escape it on this side. The handle got caught under my armpit, and when it flipped, it flipped this arm around, and I just heard tearing. I thought my rotator. Yeah. What had happened was, thankfully, went and got it looked at. Ended up being my AC joint. So for probably four, five months, I couldn't bench, I couldn't press in this position, and I couldn't back squat for sure. So all I could do was front squat. I'd never front squatted in my life. So I just basically started front squatting three days a week, light, medium, heavy. And then all of my pressing, um, I just did neutral grip. So I'd use like a Swiss bar because I could press that way. And I got into incline log pressing because on an incline log, the range of motion was a lot shorter, but I could also overload. So I was still getting a nice pressing stimulus while letting this, this uh, AC joint heal up. And... My previous overhead press max to that point was like push press was like 260. And day one, after six months of not push pressing, you know, in this position, I hit 320. Mm. And I think that I worked up to it. And I think that one of the things was I'm doing so much front squatting, I got really comfortable in this front position and was able to transfer a ton of force. Uh, but I think that's where like started my love for front squatting. Ironically, was when I got injured on the safety bar. Mm. Um, I just I had nothing else to do, and my coach would program front squats. And here's another variation: front squats with a cambered bar. Okay. That's gonna swing all over the fucking place. <laughs> and uh, those are those are something else. Like paused beltless cambered bar front squats are another animal. Like if I did 585 on that bar. Uh, 500 would feel the same on a cambered bar because mm. you, as you're going down, the thing's just swinging back and forth and you're doing everything you can to stay upright. Uh, so it's one of my favorite exercises out there. Like front squats will always be one of my favorite movements. It's one of my least favorite. This <laughs> 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 sucks it's so bad. Um, but yeah, do you like, you know, I know you're saying, um, you, you know, you, you, you want to go for 600, but do you ever worry? Uh, you know, if you you end up focusing on a number rather than the progression of getting overall stronger, like you, I just need to do this. It's like, is that a concern? You you worry about that? Um, well, I think I, I see what you're saying, and I think that I'm a much smarter lifter than I am, you know, now than I was when I was younger, which is why I didn't go for six. Like looking back, <laughs> okay. I'm watching the video, and I'm like, man, I should have just 
throwing it on there. But at, in that moment, in that night, you know, what I was thinking was, hey, that moved well, that moved great. I'm healthy and still in one piece, and I have two shows coming up. So I'm not risking it. You know, a gym lift is cool, but I'd rather do well at competitions. Yeah. So I still want that number just because it's a personal goal of mine, but it'll happen when it happens. Um, I'm not going to force that to happen. Yeah. So I have um, I have two shows coming up here in uh, three weeks. I leave for Siberia, Russia. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I looked the weather yesterday. It's like three below zero. I'm like this is ridiculous. I don't have <laughs> I don't have clothing worthy of this. Um, <laughs> it's part of a team competition, so I'll be going over there with uh, like Travis Ortmeyer, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Oberst, mm-hmm. Wes Clifford, yep. a guy named Ty Cotton, and then myself. I'll be the smallest guy by like 120 pounds. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, you know. But we've talked about this before in the podcast. Like, it's one of the things I I would I always wanted to be a, a strong man. I always loved watching World's Strongest Man. Like when I was a kid, uh, just just not phys- just not big enough, just not physically big enough. Um, so you know, I love I love watching these things. Um, uh, obviously we don't know Robert Oberst, but he always seems like a super cool guy. So I think that'd be pretty cool to go to go do yeah. some do some shows with him. Um, uh, yeah, there was I you know I, I know. You know, watch the. Did you see the? What was it called? The strongest man in history. Strongest the man in history. On, yeah, but so cool. <coughs> when they, yeah. they did, they did one in Scotland. It was super cool. Um. So yeah, that'd be good fun. My goal is, I want to get over to Scotland. I want to get to Ireland. You know, I want to lift all the manhood stones all around Iceland. You know, the Husafell stone. So that's kind of like a, it's kind of like a bucket list item mm. for me. To get over there and kind of just tour. You know all over and you know lift i want the husafel that's probably my number one goal because i really want to yeah. just husafel for a spin you know and, yeah yeah like, we've had we've had a few people on haven't we that have been stone lifters that have either came across yeah. we had a uh, bert soren had been talking about it we also had and i believe you've been on this podcast mark valenti Yes. Uh, he yeah, Mark was on talking about it, and we've had a few uh, British guys, and they've said, you know, the the stone lifting, and it's crazy that it's just literally in a field, and you just need to go and chap on a door, knock on a door, and say to them, "Is okay if I go and lift that stone in your field?" And they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, go and go and lift it," and then you go back and sign the little book to say that you lifted it, which is, it's it's a pretty cool thing that's yeah. it's kind of unique to this sort of, as you say, kind of Scotland, Ireland, uh, the Faroes, the Iceland, that kind of little right. triangle almost a square of the, the islands that, that go heavily into that stone lift them. <clears throat> they respect strength so much. Like, I mean, American culture doesn't, I mean, it doesn't respect strength as much. We're more of a team sports oriented, baseball, football, mm-hmm. basketball, things like that, which is fine. But um, I think probably because strength was so rooted, you know, yeah. in the way of life back then, you know, the stronger you were, the better you could provide for your family as a seafaring yeah. people. If you're if you have a strong back, you're a strong man. You can sail. You can, you know, lift mm-hmm. these things and uh, and make better wages. So it's like it's deeply rooted in culture. Um, so that's kind of one of the reasons too. I want to go over there and just kind of experience that. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to do for sure. Um, uh, you know, I, th- I think we spoke to it would have been Dan Strauss, who's a, a BGJ black belt. And you know he had, he was talking about doing a lot of these stones in Scotland, and I'd I'd travel quite a lot for work. And I was like, "Fuck, man, I need to stop some of these places at time and just go. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like, I may as well. Like I'm here. Yeah, it just looks like good fun. But um, but yeah. So w- what's the um, what's the what's, you know? So uh, uh, you know, how do you go from where you are now to being 
you know, world's strongest man? How, how like or going to the world's strongest man competition? Is there, is there any way for it? Is there any way that you know? Are you planning hey, on that? Is it at all? Or? Not plan on going to world's strongest man. No, I'm just I, to be frank with you. I don't. Um, I don't think I have the size for that. Mm, okay. um, I walk around. I walk around at two sixty, and okay. I compete. So I compete as a middleweight pro, and okay. I, so I cut weight and cut down to two thirty one. Okay. Right. So. Um, but I walk around like 260, m- me eating everything in sight. I compete as a heavyweight at the Arnold. And the heaviest I got was like 276 for like two days. And my body said, this is ridiculous and dropped right back down. <clears throat> um, so it's not impossible, though. I mean, you saw two years ago, Martins Lisi's, even, mm-hmm. even Alexei Novikov this past yeah. year. Yep. both. Guys, Martins is only 6'2", 6'3". Alexi is 6'1". I'm six foot. Um, so it is possible, but I also look at my age compared to those guys and just what it would take in terms of my body. Uh, and with my family and my kids, I'm just thinking, you know, I would have to be a <laughs> – there's a lot of risk there. Uh, I, I kind of enjoy where I'm at right now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you, did you win America's Strongest Man? At, did you say 231? And you pulled, correct me if I'm wrong here, I was doing a bit of digging beforehand, but you pulled 675 pounds on the deadlift for 12 reps at 231 pound body weight. Yeah, now, granted, that, <laughs> I, just pulled, I just pulled 725 on Saturday for 15. That's so stupid. <laughs> so, well, you got to think, like, that's what we all have to weigh in at. All of us do that. I mean... There were 12 of us, 15 of us, and all of us walk around between 260 and 270. And then what we'll do is six to eight weeks out, we'll start dieting down. Okay. I don't like to be any heavier than 250, 10 days out from a competition. And then I'll water load and manipulate salt and water and carbs. Um, but yeah, the night before weigh-ins for America's Strongest Man, we had to weigh in at 7 a.m. at 231.4 is a cutoff. And literally 12 hours earlier, like 7 p.m., I was 2.43. So I spent pretty much all night, like 15 minutes in the sauna, five minutes out. 15 minutes in, five minutes out, just sweating it out. Um, just felt like an absolute bag of dicks walking into the weigh-ins, man. Just miserable. Um, and then literally all of us just start pounding Pedialyte. We have 24 hours. And uh, we went immediately and got, like, IV bags in each arm just refilling us and then then it's a strategic eat very specific foods like really bland carbs lots of rice and things like that just eat all day salt and rice minimal protein low fat right because fat slows digestion down we don't have we don't have time for that frankly i have 24 hours to refill those glycogen stores and somebody my size can hold anywhere between 700 to a thousand grams of carbohydrate in muscle and liver alone so you know consuming a thousand grams of carbs a day is hard for anybody, especially when you've been kind of dehydrated all week long Mm. and cutting down. So, you know, that night we all went out and did our best to put this sushi business out of, you know, the sushi (laughs) and like just ungodly amounts of sushi. And I woke up the next morning, uh, literally 24 hours later at 262. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want, just to clarify, you said a thousand grams of protein, just for, uh, sorry, of carbs. 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 For, any, for anyone that's not paying attention, that's one kilogram. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's one kilogram of carbs. Yeah. It's significant. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. 
<laughs> so one of one of the um one of the hardest things so uh I didn't get to do it last year um 2019 I f- you know I did uh, the Keltman uh, Iron Distance Triathlon uh and you know I failed at that I failed like 100 miles into the bike ride um, and one of the hardest things to do is eat is to consume enough food I, I, I've fucked up food um, so you know we're, we're supposed to be going back this year but I don't know what's going to happen but as you've just touched on like the food side of it is so critical and trying to force enough food in per hour to feed to fuel that is so hard it becomes it just becomes like like you're, you're literally going to force food that you would normally go, ooh, it's a oh, biscuit. <laughs> oh. And you always tell this when you go to any amateur show. So I'm getting ready in three weeks or two weeks. I'm going to judge a competition here in my in our home gym. And you can always tell who the amateurs are because they'll show up, they'll weigh in, and immediately they're just like double fistings of donuts. And in my head, I'm thinking, your performance is going to be dog shit tomorrow. Like the suffering and the misery yeah. of the water cut and sweating it that's mentally taxing um but the hardest part of the entire process is that you have a small window of time from weigh-in to a competition you have 24 hours don't fuck it up like yeah. you replenish those glycogen stores and you think you've been spending the last 10 days drinking two sometimes three gallons of water distilled water so hydrochloric acid in your stomach's completely diluted so not only do you have to replenish all of these glycogen stores you're doing it on less than potent stomach acid, right? So um, that's why you stick to really bland foods and minimal fats, because otherwise you're just going to be sitting on the toilet the entire time, not absorbing anything you eat. So you can really screw it up. Um, that's what, to be perfectly honest with you, it's one of the reasons why I get IVs when I compete now. It's just because mm. an IV helps cover a multitude of sins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've also I've also had the misfortune of having to sit in a sauna in a sweatsuit trying to make weight for a, a, a boxing match and I watched a boxing match before and I had to take off I think it was like 4.2 kilos so eight and a half eight and a half yeah. pounds and that's one of the worst experiences of your life is like you know I had to go uh, there was a rule change at the national championships and you had to weigh in two days in a row they didn't tell me until later on or I didn't hear till later on I had already drank and ate all my food and went Oh yeah, uh, you have to win tomorrow. So like, oh shit. So I went home. It's like yeah, I'm going to take four point nine. Just go find a sauna. Fuck man, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, oh, I said do that. I was listening to um, Joe Rogan was interviewing. Oh, what's his name? World famous wrestler. Uh, his Instagram Jordan Burrows. Jordan Burrows. Yes, Jordan Burrows. Yeah. And he was talking about that. He was talking about how they had you have to weigh in like each day. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. so what what had happened at the, the, the Scottish National Championships was you had always uh, weighed in Saturday morning. Uh, so I competed at 91 kilos. Uh, and, you know, if you weighed in Saturday morning, whether you fought Saturday and Sunday or only Sunday, once you had weighed in Saturday, you were done. So the, the, this year in particular, it was in line with uh, the world governing bodies rules where, uh, you know, you had to weigh in both days. So I didn't compete on a Saturday. I had to fight on a Sunday. Uh, and then like five o'clock at night, they were like, yeah, you're on. Uh, you know, there was a cutoff for the fights. I was like about 26 and they stopped at 25. I was like, you have to fight tomorrow. And also you have to make weight. I was like, holy shit. 
jumped straight in the car, went home, went on the scales 95.2. And it was like, I, I need to take 4.2 kilos off overnight. Sweatsuit, sauna, in the sauna for an hour, came home, jumped on the scales. Yep, take another. And then I had to go back out, run with the sweatsuit on. Oh. <laughs> get up in the morning and I was like 92. So I still need a kilo. And I jumped sweatsuit back on, went for another run. Uh, and I was running going, if I'm not 91 kilos when I get home, I'm just not going. That's it. Because, you know, you, your joints start to hurt. Oh, Everything dude, hurts. I it's horrific. I, I can't do it. I'll sit in a sauna. My favorite way to do it is if you have, my problem is that the bathtubs, most bathtubs aren't big enough where I can fully submerge. But if yeah. you can fully submerge, man, two cups of Epsom salt and a cup of rubbing alcohol will open your pores. I can lose four pounds in an hour. Yeah, that way. But I'm willing to sit and suffer, but I can't stand. Like I'll see some dudes in there in the sauna suit in the sauna, like doing push-ups. I'm mm. like, how are you alive? I'm barely exist- <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just watching you, but like, it's not a good idea. Like getting punched in the head after doing that is is fucking. It's not the way to do it at all. <laughs> I was with a buddy uh, three years ago before I went pro. We were both cutting weight together. And uh, he made weight, but he had to be rushed to the ER because he went into rhabdo. Oh, God. And they pumped him full of all these fluids and medications. Well, they released him, and he came back to the competition the next day and won. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Ironically, that time when when I had to do that weight cut overnight, that was the best performance I ever put in. And I don't know if it's because you know that you have to dig deep because you think you're already hindered. That was the best performance in my career by a long way. It's so weird you say this. I was talking with a buddy in the gym the other day. Whenever I go into the gym and I intend to set PRs, I usually have a shit performance. Mm. And there's days where I feel... So, for example, yesterday I had to do a a two-a-day. And I hate doing a a two-a-day, especially because my training is intense right now. And so I got to the gym early in the morning. My coach program was 6.15 on Hatfield squats for three sets of 20. So I'm already, like, not able to walk when I'm done. And then I'm in this room building my wife's business where I'm, you know, I'm working on the walls, painting, doing a bunch of other stuff. Then when that got done, I was like, well, I'm here with my schedule. I'm just going to go ahead and do day two, which was, you know, um, which was a pressing day. And I mean, I felt like I could have just laid down on the floor and went to sleep. And then I still I hit rep PRs last night on mm. stuff that's you know super heavy for me. <clears throat> and it's like, I think there is something to that. I've, I've hit so many PRs when I've had a cold. I have a cough mm. a little bit. I've had a cold the last couple of days. Um, you know, maybe some sinus congestion, just not feeling the best. And I think there is something to that because when you when you walk into the gym sometime with this swagger of I'm gonna kick ass and do this, I feel like sometimes you get cocky and lazy. Mm. And then, you know, like last night, I realized, man, I'm dog tired. I just gotta dig down and do this. And I'm just I'm really hyper focused on technique because I know that, you know, I'm not full of piss and vinegar. I just want to go to bed. You know, so so it's <laughs> yeah. like I'm gonna have to just rely on technique and just grind through it, and then yeah. they and the best performances. So yeah, I, think I, a- I mean, I know, I know, I know personally when I've hit definitely deadlift PR and possibly my squat PR, um, they were both days where there was no intention to do it. The te- the intention was to go to like ninety percent, and then you do ninety percent, you go, holy shit, that was was that. Have I got this loaded properly? And then you go, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna go. Uh, so I, I did 240 deadlift once uh, kilos. Uh, yeah. and didn't intend to do it. There was no intention to do it. Went in, 
um, you know, like you're saying, you kind of go, eh, I'm not sure today. And then you pull 200 and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Just try 210 and then 220 and then 230. In fact, I think the, the, my record at that point was 230. So I went, let me try 231. And I pulled 231, super easy. Well, fuck it. Let's get 240 on. Right. And, um, and uh, yeah, pulled it. And it, it, it. So those days, exactly what you've just said, like, it's not quite sure, not feeling it. And the days when you go in, you go, I am, I'm superhuman. I'm the greatest human being that's ever alive. Now you go, you, you can't fucking lift anything. Like, yeah, I know. Fucking it's asshole. My coach, my coach wants me to try and hit a PR this week. And I literally, I try to not let that get in my head. Like, mm. wants me to hit a PR on stones. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm just trying to to focus. I'm like, I'm, it's, it's sick in my head. I'm like, man, I hope I get sick or something. <laughs> so I walk in. <laughs> yeah, give you that. Are you talking? Is that Atlas Stones? I take it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things. You know, you you know, obviously, we both follow the Stoltman brothers, uh, obviously, because yeah. they're Scottish, and um, I get them confused. So it's Tom. Tom. Tom the Albatross with a seventh highest. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the, the stones. He's the stones guy, right? Uh, yeah. So he did what was it, two eighty six, and he thinks he can go over three hundred kilos. Stone, yeah, yeah. Like, oh. what the fuck? <laughs> um. So yeah, we had the gym that I used to train in. Uh, there was a hundred and twenty kilo uh, Atlas stone sitting. Now one hundred and twenty kilos, you know, to pick up off the floor, deadlift, or you know, whatever you're doing, would be, you know, where you would start off, or what where, where I would start to warm up. Look at this after I finish. Let me try and move this 120 kilo Atlas stone. And then it's like, <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? Is this bolted to the ground? What the fuck is this? And it, you, it's just going, I don't understand. This will not move. <laughs> oh, <laughs> such dude, a hard thing. It is such a hard thing. It's um, it, the way I train them. A lot of my clients, you know, we don't, they don't have strongman gyms near them. So maybe they go once a month or something. Mm. And I will train RDLs. Like heavy RDLs, you know, mm-hmm. stiff leg deadlifts. Um, I actually will do a lot of cable crossovers to really squeeze the inner pecs. So you're gonna get that grip tight, and basically, and then front squat. A front squat, I think, is huge when it comes yeah. to loading because of the extension and the front loaded. And that's why I program a lot of pause front squats. And when I tell my clients to pause, I'm not talking one of these like Joker pauses where they barely stop. I'll often write in there seven seconds. Yeah, and I want you to sit in the hole because when you see people roll those stones in and sit down it could be a solid three to seven seconds while they're getting comfortable getting tight putting their arms right position take that big breath and and then triple extend so um so pause front squats and rdls i think are the best way to train stones Mm. if you don't have access to them but yeah it's a totally different the mechanics are totally different weird like super weird like you know 120 kilos you know pick up off the ground you know any day of the week and just oh, yeah. try to lift that. It's just like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is doesn't make. So when they, again, when somebody says, you know, you know, uh, you know, somebody's lifted a two hundred eighty-six kilo stone, you went, how? how? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trapped. Before the Stoltman brothers came around, they were probably still young teenagers, barely even into strongman. Travis Ortmeyer was the, you know, the Stone mm. King, Texas Stone King, and he's still ridiculous. I was out in Reno, Nevada, training with him in July. And he hadn't touched stones at that point in close to six years, so or four years, something like that. So you know, he has a really cool story, by the way, too. He'd be somebody to to chat with. Just, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, just just in you know, he's been through a lot of hardship in his life, and you know, mm-hmm. made some choices, went through some really hard things. But um, 
you know, he, in the last several, he got out of strongman entirely and really focused on fixing himself and dealing with his own demons. And now he's back and he's, and he's coming back. And, um, so I trained stones with him and he hadn't lifted stones in like four years or something stupid. And day one of lifting stones just loads 500. Like it's nothing. Like, where do you freaks exist? Like how? (laughs) how Yeah. 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 You know, just rips it off the ground. I hate I hate those people. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know I, I, I mean I know you know so I I you know I've said this a few times I'm like the world's most average person. I'm kind of average at every, I do a lot of things, but I'm not good at anything. You know, so even when I do running and it's you know I'm watching people's um you know whatever it is mile time half half marathon time whatever it is ten k time and I'm going I don't understand how you can move at this pace like this is. When you know, when I think I've done something really impressive, um, mm-hmm. so in lockdown last year, I did you know, I did a mile, I did a, a mile in five five minutes 53, and I'm going, you know, so I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm like 100 kilos, right? I'm going, that's quick, and then I see other people, and, and, and they're doing like, <laughs> like four minute 50s, and I'm going, <sighs> it's true. Us. I don't they understand, do, like, no muscle mass on them, they're probably yeah. too, right? I mean, you're a thick yeah. dude. You do yeah, jiu-jitsu. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, yeah, we do loads of things. I do a lot of things. I'm just not not particularly good at anything. I'm just kind of average at everything. But um, feel better if you can come race me. What's funny is matter. I started jujitsu about eight weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah. But oh, well, I've cool. seen that on uh, I've seen that on Instagram. Uh, you you've been doing some some. Love it's it. amazing. <laughs> you know, for sure, man. When you when you come to Scotland to lift some stones, uh, you know, chuck your gear, man. Let's 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 roll for sure. Let's let's do that. Dude, uh, I, it's showing me how immobile I am. Oh my god, like it's disaster. But I honestly think it's helping my lifting because even though I'm still about as immobile as a piece of steel, like it's getting better. Mm. So my lifts are getting better. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just funny because like I'm trying to. You know, go into like S guard. They're like, I can't get into this position. <laughs> like, this makes sense. Head. It doesn't make sense. Like, it, it's such a and and what I would say, you know, and, and you probably find this yourself is, and I found it coming from. So I was, I was a, a you know, a, quite a good amateur boxer. Um, I, I you know, I had, you know, I boxed for Scotland, so you know, I wasn't bad. It wasn't it was never world class, but I was, I was okay. And going from being, you might find this being like good at something to going into a new sport where you are dog shit you are terrible you don't know anything you don't know how to tie you don't know how to tie a bell you don't know when people, somebody says okay this is guard you're going i don't i don't what the fuck does that mean yeah. it's so good for you mentally because you, yeah. you it, it grounds you again you go ah oh, fuck i'm over here thinking i am america i'm america's strongest man and, and i have no fucking idea like you think you're strong and then some of these guys grab your grips and you go what the fuck Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Dude, I, I, yes. Like, it's been very good for me. And I realized, like, you can't have an ego. And I'm trying to be careful, too, because I have these shows coming up. So I can't afford, you know, to be uh, having a strained elbow because I refuse to tap when someone's got me an arm bar or <laughs> something else like this. So, like, I tap early and tap often. Um, but, yeah, it's super humbling, but which is fine with me. Like, I enjoy the new challenge. And I still love lifting. I love strongman, and I always will. But it's kind of my world and my wheelhouse. Like, nothing scares me anymore. Um, that world, but I walk in and I'm like, 
I just got collar choked by a 180 pound female. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we've we've said that so much. We we me and Chris both trained jujitsu, and when the gyms were open back in Scotland, we used to get uh, young guys would come along. Like like I'm 42. Chris is 30. What are you now, Chris? 37. 36. 36. Apologies. Um, and we get these young guys coming in 22, 23, 24 years old. You know the full the full sleeve tats, swaggering and like the Conor McGregor. And there was a, a girl that trained. She'd been training about four and a half years. Uh, one of our early blue belts, a girl called Tanner. Uh, and she'd say, do you want to roll? And they'd be like, yeah, I'll roll with you. And literally, she would tie them in knots. She'd have them tap in. And the next week, she would say to them, do you want to roll? And they'd be like, no, no, I'm not. Nah, no. Shoulder. No, because they just they couldn't handle. <laughs> shoulders a bit tight. Because they couldn't handle. They can't handle, as you say, getting tapped out by a girl. Yeah. Whereas, you know, those, those, and, and there's guys that we train with, you know, 160 pounds, really technical purple belts that just do things that physics doesn't make sense at that point. Like, they're using the force. They're ninjas. I don't know what they're using. <laughs> can I, can yeah. I? Can I, can I just, can I also just point out when he's talking about people not tapping, the last time I rolled with Ali, um, that I had him in a triangle and he, would not tap, and he almost crossed the rainbow bridge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, for, just for more, more for yourself. I'm, Dude, I'm, I mean, triangles I'm, is triangles is my game. That's my wheelhouse because I'm like I'm six foot three and like about 190, so I'm all I'm all limbs, yeah, and man. triangles are my thing. And Chris, as you say, Chris is a thick dude, and he's he's nowhere near six foot three. Um, and if he and he did, he caught me in it clean, and I was like, I'm not going to tap to it. I'll go out because, like you say, you, you tap to arm bars because things can get snapped. If it's a choke, you just go unconscious. And I literally, I could hear the gym noise getting quieter. The dark was cut. I could hear like <laughs> Odin on the horn, <laughs> calling across that bridge. And I was like, I can't, I can't tap, I can't tap. And I literally, just as I was about to go out, my elbow moved just enough that I was like. <gasps> Mice to escape, and I literally had to say, um, I just tap me because I can't move. Like I had no vision, I couldn't see, I couldn't hear. I was so far gone. Three times already in the last six weeks, just because, like you said, I'll tap on an arm bar, but I kind of wanted to know what it felt like. But then also, I'm stubborn and competitive too. And what I like, collar chokes suck, especially in gi because the rash. I'm like, oh, a little bitch when it comes down, like, oh, you hurt my skin. But like, someone gets me like a guillotine or like a rear naked or something like that. And I'm like, it just feels like pressure, and I'm just stubborn. So I'm just trying everything I can do to get out of this. And then uh, I, I rolled against this guy who, uh, come to find out, he fought in the UFC for like three years, and uh, he's a brown belt. <laughs> and uh, and he's he's just toying with me. He was, you know, uh, he's a, he's a great guy. And it was really funny because he caught me in this guillotine. And I just would not tap. And then the next thing I know, he and the instructor, Nick, are just giggling as they, like, help me up off the floor. Because <laughs> I'm like, I did game two. And I'm like, well, that was neat. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's something. I, yeah, you know, I, 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 will, I will always fight a choke. Arm bars, you know, leg locks. Yeah, I need, I need these things to, to function. But a, a choke is kind of more fun. Um, as uh, Megan Anderson fight. Oh my god! Oh yes, yeah, that was terrifying. That was terrifying. Because, especially because you know, I have a very, very limited, you know, knowledge of jujitsu. My personality—I've wanted to get into jujitsu for probably ten years, and the reason I didn't mm. is because of where I was at in strongman mm. and the level of which I was constantly competing. Uh, my brother-in-law is a black belt, and he was always trying to, to push. Uh, okay. me. And um, we would spar together. He would show me some things, and and like I said, I wanted to, but I also knew I had to check myself because I'm the type of person where if I take up a hobby. Like, 
I'm going to be the best at that thing that I could possibly be. Like, I don't mm. just casually do things. So I have to be careful with what hobbies I take up. And my daughter recently started jujitsu. So it's kind of like the thing that her and I do together. Um, so, uh, yeah, so granted, my working knowledge is limited, but I was watching somebody break it down. I think it was Renner Gracie was breaking it down. Like, first off, Megan looked like a deer in the headlights when she was trying to strike with her. But mm, when yeah. she was the ground, she made a number of super intelligent defensive moves. It just didn't matter because Nunez was like five steps ahead of her every way. It was unreal. Yeah. Wow. Those There's levels. There's levels to everything, man. It's, it's um, you know, I, I, I posted on Facebook on, on Sunday morning after watching the fight. I was like, Amanda Nunez shouldn't be allowed to fight women. <laughs> like she, <laughs> she's terrifying. I was saying this to, to one, of, one of our friends who, who trains jiu-jitsu as well, and you know, he was commenting, and it was just like, you know, if Amanda Nunez came up to you and said, uh, I'm taking your girlfriend home tonight, you'd be like, uh, just take her. Just take her. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, somebody commented, there was a tweet going around, it was like, petition to make Amanda Nunez fight men. <laughs> yeah. She'd probably win. She is terrifying. She's a terrifying human being. Um, it's it's always quite difficult to gauge with women's MMA because it, it isn't at, it just isn't at the level of men. So there isn't the, the depth of uh, uh, of talent, you know. But if you think, I actually it came up on um, I think the UFC posted it recently on Instagram, and it was a rerun of Amanda. Uh, sorry, uh, Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey. I think the first time that when 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 Ronda knocked her out super early. And you watch the level of it then, uh, what would that be, five, six, seven years ago? And yeah. it, was, it was shit. It was terrible. <laughs> Compared to now, where you watch, uh, you know, uh, Zaley, uh, what's she called, the, Ch- the Chinese girl. She's an incredible fighter. Um, you know, Joanna Jurczyk's amazing. You look at Amanda, it's, it's, it's came on so much now. Like, those girls now would have no chance, whereas right. they were like at the top then. So it's improving all the time. So it's kind of hard to gauge, but you know, Amanda yeah. Nunes is so far ahead of everybody else. Like how good, like you know, what I mean, how, how good is Megan Anderson? Like she's there, but like there's there isn't a huge amount of like uh, there's not really a good measuring stick, right? Because it, yeah. it just it's just not that big a pool of talent. So, uh, but yeah. Amanda's incredible. She's terrifying. One thing that I think is true, kind of in all sports right now, especially more individual sports like strength sports and combat sports and things like that is that in the last decade, the bar on everything has yeah. raised. And I think honestly, it's probably largely due to social media and just simple fact, like the dissemination of scientific principles of how to train, how to eat for training, you know, all those things. You, you look at Strongman, for example, and you watch 1977 World Strongest Man, the first year they had it, None of these guys were training for strongmen. They were just big dudes. Yeah. Half of them, like one guy's a football player, the other guy's a rugby player. The other dude was just like a local mechanic who was freakishly big. And they all <laughs> show up and they're like, hey, let's see who can move with this truck engine the farthest, right? And even up into 1986, World's Strongest Man won with a 282 pound log press and a 350 stone load when Magnus mm-hmm. or Magnuson loaded, uh, or Magnus Samuelson. No, Magnus or Magnuson loaded a 353-pound stone to 42 inches. And and he dropped it like twice. And the crowd goes nuts when he finally loads it. And I'm thinking, 350, we do that for like sets of 10. Yeah. 
And yeah. it's not that they weren't strong back then. They were freakishly strong back then. It's just that they didn't have the internet. They didn't have access to yeah. scientists. They were all going to the gym, training like Arnold and Franco, getting big, getting strong. Yeah. Um, and then slowly as, as things advanced and you have social media and, hey, this person put out a, you know, a template for peaking. And now you have a plethora of resources. You want to get yeah. started strong, man. Yeah. You're worlds ahead of where people were 30 years ago. You know? Yeah. I remember watching um, Mike Tyson was talking. This is a while ago. Uh, it was when uh, the Klitschko brothers were were you know dominating heavyweight boxing, and somebody said, you know, how how do you think you would have gotten against the Klitschko brothers, Mike? And he said, it's a stupid question. He said because you know athletes don't want to admit it, but everybody gets better through time. You know, they're just you know science gets better, the training methods get better, the recovery methods get better. Uh, you know, I dare say the uh, the supplements are taken <laughs> get better, and uh, you know, it, it's, yeah, you know, you know, you know, Joe Lewis couldn't have come, just couldn't have competed, uh, you know, with Muhammad Ali, uh, you know, and Mike Tyson couldn't compete with the clip. Just the things move like as you're saying, you have, if uh, you know, it's 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 a, always raising, yeah, yeah, it's always yeah. raising. It's 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 um. You know, it's just incredible to to watch, um, especially if you've been interested in like that. Like I say, I, I you know, I watched uh, Strongman. Magnus von Magnuson was the first person I can really remember watching when I was a kid, um, and and you know, there's been several now, like, like comparisons in strength, like what he was doing to what they're doing now, and it's like yeah, he, he wouldn't make the he wouldn't qualify like he just wouldn't with those lifts like i'm sure if you took him yeah. and put him in now like he probably would but like those lifts he just yeah. wouldn't be there. like his work ethic and intensity and he was born now sure he'd be elite but his lifts i mean no i mean the simple fact is you know magnus or magnuson would not qualify for a 105 he wouldn't have qualified for a man mm -hmm. at 105 yeah. that's just a simple fact and that's not knocking him that's just if anything extolling the fact that we're getting damn good with science and nutrition. And it's exciting because it's, I wonder, you know, I've only been in the sport for eight years competitively. Yeah. And when I started, like if you could pull a 600 pound deadlift as a 105 K lifter, you were like, damn, that guy is cock strong. Like, whoa. And if you pulled 700, you were a God. And if you pulled 800, well, that was just unheard of. Now I have a 740 deadlift from the floor. Um, that's my weak point. I'm not a very good deadlifter. It's okay. Like most 105k pros are knocking on 800's door from the floor. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, it's the bar of strength is just unreal, and that's in a that's all almost that's in a decade time span. So I wonder in 2030, what are we going to be doing? Yeah. So I, I remember. Uh, so I, I always I was always always been interested in lifting weights. Never competed in anything, but I've always liked it. And I can remember you know having conversations with people, you know, whatever it would be, 10 years ago, and we we're talking about deadlift, uh, and it's. I've never competed, so I've never really had to get much stronger. But, I've, you know, I think it's one of those lifts where if I really tried, I, I, I could probably get quite strong at it. But, you know, having these conversations with people, and they say, yeah, if you can do three times body weight and deadlift, that's elite world class. And now it isn't. <laughs> like now people are lifting easily three and a half. Like you're doing just on those numbers. You must be doing three and a half, nearly four, like three and a half well, at least. Well, from the floor, I'm doing basically three times body weight. Um, mm. Now, that, my, the floor is my weak point for whatever reason from like a height. It's just my leverages from any sort of, you know, a lot of strongman competitions will pull from 13 inches, 18 inches, whatever okay. the case be. 
from 18 inches, I mean, I've pulled a thousand for six from 18 just okay. because a really upright torso and my upper back is stronger. So, uh, yeah, but yeah that, was, that was always the thing that I was told three times body it was like elite, but it's now like the elite are now doing four. Like yeah, like like Steffi Cohen, it was like fucking over four times body weight. It's like what the fuck? So yeah. what was considered three times body weight ten years ago was like holy shit, that's yeah. like top level, and now it isn't. Like it's it, now it's like four times. <laughs> like what the fuck? They do a show at the end of April called Clash on the Coast, and it's a 105k pro show. It's a pro am, and um, my buddy Nick Camby is a fellow pro. He got second at America's Strongest Man, and just I have a ton of respect for Nick. He's one of the strongest, freakiest human beings I know. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, if Nick and I were to compete 10 times, he'd beat me 9 out of 10. Like, I just had a day at ASM this past year. It was just my weekend, and I went off. Um, you know, and he made a few technical errors that he doesn't hardly ever make in his life, and he was still on my heels. I beat him, I think, by four points. Mm. Like, uh, he's a freak. But anyways, the world record for the 105K Axle Clean and Press is up for grabs, and it's currently... Uh, 178 kilos, fixed axle, clean and press. Which fixed axle is really hard because the implement doesn't spin. Yeah, it doesn't spin. So it's a disaster to clean. This MF just clean and pressed a 190 kilo fixed axle in training. Effortless, no elbow sleeves, split jerks, just super fast and efficient. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> so he's gonna take that by a long shot. That's uh, yeah. That, again, like. Uh, these these numbers are all meaningless to people who have never tried to put weight above their head. Yeah. And if you have, you go fucking it. Like, I think yeah. my maximum ever push press. Uh, that I, I think there's a little bit more there, but I think it was 105 kilos. But to yeah. to get something that doesn't spin to the your chest, and then it's not even it's not it's not it's a clean. But it's not really like an Olympic clean. Sure. Where you, not- you know, it's a kind of. Yeah. Moving your axle in and doing this kind of weird thing. That's insane. Taking <laughs> it, it up there. Um, but what, you know, the crazier part that you're mentioning, the numbers that you're mentioning are great numbers. Like most men, if, you, if you're deadlifting, you know, uh, 500 pounds, and I think they said 400 pounds. If a man can deadlift 400 pounds, you're in the top 1% of all men in the world. Now, for those of us who are interested in weightlifting, we're like, meh. You know, but the reality is, like, that just shows you how freakish some of these people are getting because yeah, 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 yeah. The numbers you're putting up are great numbers. So there's nothing wrong with those numbers. It's yeah. just the people it's just that do this for like full time. Like, what's going on? Like you're saying is it's, it's what you're comparing it to as well, isn't it? As, as we're saying, you know, me and Chris are only been training jujitsu what three, four years, maybe. Five years. I'm losing track of what year we're into, but. And we're just scratching the surface, you know, we're blue belts, um, so we're scratching the surface, and as you say, there's there's boys out there that can easily manhandle us and throw us about and choke us and do so all like, the rest of it. Like you're saying, you know, your brother-in-law's a black belt, like, trying to explain to somebody um, the feeling, when how hopeless you are when you roll with a black belt for the first time, is like, this doesn't make it, like, he's not even trying, he's just taking the piss out of me, and there's there's... Trying to explain to somebody there is nothing like you're a strong man. There's nothing you can't stop what's happening. It's just like and in fact, <laughs> a lot of times, and you guys would know this too, 
I found that when I try to resist the most, it makes it worse because they use my energy against me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I tried to push one direction and pull. Well, all they do is take advantage of that, get me off balance. And now I'm in a, like a totally, I'm like, yeah. Oh, well look, now he's got my back and I'm extra. Yeah. 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 hundred yeah. percent. Another thing you're saying as well that Anthony talking about like people that don't lift, don't get the numbers. And if you're in that world, you think it's, it's not that great. And Chris has said this multiple times in this podcast, and, and you'll probably appreciate this as well, is the amount of guys that think they can fight that have never ever had a fight in their life. And you know, 20 seconds in, if you've got them pinned on the ground, you don't even have to throw a punch. You can just pin them down. Right. And, and they'll just gas out just fighting to try, like you're saying, push and pull in. And you're like, yeah, I'll just let you do, you go that way, I'll go this way, I'll adjust, I'll adjust. Gassing out inside of 20 seconds. Number one, the adrenaline dump in a real fight. Mm-hmm. Plus, they've never ever been in that situation. Guys yeah. don't know, but everyone thinks they can fight, just like as we've said. Everyone thinks they're strong. Everyone thinks they can run fast. Everyone thinks they're good at fucking. They're not <laughs> normally very good at any of them. Yeah, no, no, they're not. Obviously, us three are the exceptions to the rule. We'll just put Try. it out there so it's on the internet. <laughs> I can. I, I, the thing is, the sad thing is for me, Anthony, is I, I know I can fight and I can run reasonably fast. So, ladies, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but. <laughs> Well, I can't run, dude. I rolled with the guy uh, last Wednesday. I'm going to roll with him tomorrow, too. They just started a uh, class at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's a gi class. And I was, last week was the first time, and I just think people didn't know about it. So I was the only one that showed up, which I loved because it was like one-on-one instruction. Mm. This guy, he's 135 pounds soaking wet. He's a brown belt, right? Yeah. Um, so he's he's forgotten more than I'll ever know. Mm. And so, like, but naturally, he and I go to roll, and obviously strength does matter to a degree because i have him by like 120 pounds right and yeah. so but it was what was amazing to me was even though he never submitted me i just spent the entire three five minute rounds trying not to die yeah. <laughs> like i got to the end of it and i'm just hacking up my lung now it was really hilarious at one point he got me into a triangle but he just couldn't. Well, he got me into an arm bar at one point, and he's only 135 pounds. I literally curled him towards me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, at one point, he's he's uh, he's he's got me by a triangle, and I'm like, I'm starting to choke, but I'm like, dude, I lift kettlebells bigger than you. <laughs> I like, I stood up with him and just dropped him. But it was crazy to me because, like, I mean, I would have figured, okay, he's a brown belt, but I've got like 120 pounds on him. Doesn't matter. Yeah. This was like this was the rules of jujitsu. If this was on the street, that dude wrecked me. <laughs> we, the thing is, we've said in a in a bar, if you and that guy that you're talking about are stood in a bar, ninety nine percent of humans are swinging at the other dude and not you, right? Be- because you're you know you're six foot, you're two sixty, you're jacked, damn mm-hmm. and beard, and you know I'm like I'm keeping away from you. Whereas the guys that know, I guarantee that boy's got a bit of a a bit of a cauliflower oh, ear. Of the gee board, and then the people that know go, Nah, I'm watching out for the wee guy 135 pounds with the cauliflower ears. The big dude, I'll keep an eye on him if he starts swinging, but see that little assassin beside him, that's the one I'm worried about. Oh, there was a video <clears throat> two weeks ago. Uh, there was a guy here, uh, Ohio State, the quarterback at Ohio State got in some trouble because he started, yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was watching that video, and I was like, He is an idiot because the dude that he was pushing. He was a little dude, but you could see his ears were fucked up. And I was like, don't do that. <laughs> like, you're about to get housed. And sure enough, man. <laughs> what happened to that guy? Was it like, like, did anything happen to that guy? Was it like, has he been kicked in? 
Like it's yep. <laughs> for a guy for a guy in that world, like uh, you know, a university and you know on the football team. I'm imagining that's going to be pretty horribly embarrassing to get publicly fucked up by somebody <laughs> you picked a fight on. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. man. But you know, you know, guys and ego, and then you mix a little alcohol in it's a disaster. Yeah, it's a Parents, disaster. especially some girl too. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially, especially when you're the quarterback of the Buckeyes, you know what I mean. That's like, that's that's up there, you know. Dev one, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. That, that I seen that video. It got, it got shared so so far, so wide. It's one of those that I watched it probably ten times in one going. He still gets fucked up every time you watch it. He still gets fucked up. It's, uh, it's so funny. It's, those are my favourite videos to watch. I, I, I can lose hours. Uh, you know, I live alone. I'm single because nobody loves me. So um, I, I can have hours to lose watching these stupid videos. It's you know you always go down this rabbit hole on, on YouTube of watching these kind of fights. Uh, when it's some little unsuspecting guy and he wrecks, <laughs> he wrecks some guy who's brilliant. I'll be like, oh, that's, that's my favorite thing in the world is watching yeah. these little guys beat up these uh, jacked up uh, guys. It's, it's hilarious. It's so funny. But uh, but yeah, what's the? Do you have do you have plans uh, to to do some competitions jujitsu? Absolutely. Like I said, I'm not the type of person who can do anything halfway i'm trying to play it really smart right now because like i said i've got russia in three weeks yeah yeah, yeah yeah that i've got this other competition so uh most of the time like i'm gonna go to class tomorrow and i'll roll with ken um but i basically i don't roll a ton i tap i'll tap early like i just yeah. I'm, I'm healthy like i said yeah. to this point like i'm only two months in um so i don't know a ton but i would say it's it's helped my strength training mm. like it's great cardio um it's it's great flexibility i found i know it's going to sound goofy because a lot of people if they're only doing jiu-jitsu will probably feel super sore you know i've found there's days where like i get really sore because i just deadlifted a ridiculous amount of weight for whatever i go to jiu-jitsu and I actually feel better when i'm done because you know you're just getting that blood flowing yeah uh, moving around and not being stiff so to this point it's actually helped my strongman now this summer i do plan to step up how many days a week i train um and definitely want to compete at some point i just have to be strategic because i'm still doing strongman but uh the nice thing now about being a, a pro is i don't have to qualify for stuff anymore so i can do way fewer shows which is actually great just because a like you said things are getting heavier it takes a lot of time yeah. uh, so i can take more time off in between to focus on other things like this just kind of maintain my strength and then peak up and down for competition so yeah i absolutely will, will compete at some point probably this fall Late summer yeah. fall. That's awesome. Yeah, it's always one thing that I would always say, and I've always said this to to everybody. So, like, I know some guys who are, um, you know, serious into you know whatever sport it is. Mostly, mostly I know a lot of fighters, so uh, mostly into that. But I've always thought it's good to have something completely different away because it when you're rolling, you're not thinking about tomorrow's, uh, you know, you know, deadlifting good mornings that you're doing. You, you're not thinking about that because you're thinking about. How am I not going to get triangled by this little fucking brown belt? So it, it takes that, it takes it off your mind. So it gives you a, like a, a proper ability to, and then you, when you go home, you're then thinking, if I just put my hand there, could he have choked me? Could I, if I did this, if I popped my hips out this way, could I have escaped that? And then you're not thinking about the lifting thing. So it kind yeah. of relaxes you a lot more about it. So I, I've always thought it's good for people to have, you know, if you're doing a, a, a sport at a good level, 
Well, yeah, have something on the side for some fun. As long as you're not, you know, as long as you're smart enough to to not get, you know, tap. Like, don't hurt yourself, fucking hell. Yeah. As long as you're if smart you... enough, it's, it's way better. Yeah, tap early, tap off. Let me ask you guys this, because you guys have been doing this a while. So, um, obviously, I'm only eight weeks in. So, I go in and we learn things. You know, we'll, we'll drill, you know, certain sweeps and arm bars and triangles and different different things. But I'm at a place where, I guess my question is, I know a bunch of individual moves, but I mm. find when I roll, like, it, all that shit goes out the window yeah. because <laughs> I'm just used to, oh, you know, we're drilling, so you stand here and I do this and now I sweep you, right? But that's never how the fight goes. It, that's the point, is it's always unexpected. So you yeah. have to adjust on the fly. At what point do you feel like, like, how far in were you when you were like, oh, I'm getting comfortable and I'm starting to string movements together to actually make a game. Because like right now, my game is very defensive and just like don't get submitted and escape these things. I rarely go on the offense. I submitted one guy so far in eight weeks only because uh, it was a very easy and obvious collar choke. And I was mm. bigger. <laughs> yeah. but, but that wasn't even my goal. I wasn't even going for the collar choke. I found myself there and it was easy, right? Like, yeah. So, does that make sense? I th- yeah, I think um, if I remember rightly, I think I was I was about a year before I started to put pieces together. It takes a very very long time before yeah. you start to really flow. Before you start going, ah, oh, if I do this, because it's even even when you think, even when you know, uh, you know, even when you know, you, you know, if you, whatever you're talking about, like, you know, if you, it sounds really easy when you you know. I'm not at the minute. This is a good example of you at the minute when I'm deadlifting for some reason. I'm not snapping my hips through quickly. I'm just not pushing my hips through, and I'm not getting my hips through. Now, every time I go into my, I've got a little gym outside. Every time I go out, I go fucking remember to pop your hips through. But yeah. when I'm getting up, you know, once I get up to eight percent, you know, to heavy stuff, I, I, I'm not doing it. And it's, it sounds so easy, right? And it's the right. same with jiu-jitsu. It's like, I know all these pieces go, but it takes a very long time to figure this little path out. Yeah. I'm okay with that time commit, but you're absolutely right. It's a good illustration because, you know, I can sit there and watch 100 log press videos and break everything down from, oh, his lats aren't activated, his Terry's major is tight because he's doing this, and this is drifting, and, you know, his toes need to be pointed out. When he dips, his knees are going over his midfoot instead of out of his pinky toe. And I can see all these things, and I, if I try to dump all those cues onto a novice lifter, they're just going to be like, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what I found. In, in terms of my time, and similar to Chris, I'd probably say about 12, 18 and I'm quite similar to you still, even, Anthony. I'm quite a defensive player. I tend to defend without attacking. But one thing I found useful that, that might be useful for you, um, and I know Chris kind of did this to a bit of an extent, is I decided to focus on one move and kind of go, right, every role I'm going to shoot for, you know, arm bar, a, a collar choke, a, a bow and arrow, whatever it might be, that's, and I'm just going to try and catch that and look for the opening. (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. And then just spend, you know, four or five months just drilling it and and trying to catch it live. Because as you say, it's so different to drilling it with a a semi-passive partner compared to when someone's going, right, slap, bump, let's go live. So if if you can focus on what I found was useful, was just focusing on one submission. And getting work in that position, 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 okay. and just sh- shoot it, shoot, shoot, it, and eventually you'll start catching it regularly to the point that you go right. Let's try and add 
another piece of the puzzle on. So I'm getting good. So now guys are defending that well, but because they now defend that well, does it open up something on the, the other side? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they say it takes 100 repetitions of anything to kind of really, truly build a habit, right? Yeah. So, but the, uh, you know, the, the, and what what's cool about um, what's cool about jujitsu is there's, I mean, I know guys who have trained for way less than me that have a higher rank than me, but aren't better than me. So, everybody, you know, I guess this is true in life. Like, it, like it, it's entirely your own journey. Don't worry about uh, people, especially, you know, like White Belt, I think, you know, well, this guy got a stripe and he got two stripes. And, you know, I listen, fuck all that. Have fun and yeah. enjoy it. Like, enjoy the process. Uh, yeah. You know, and you should enjoy getting your ass kicked because it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's how you learn. Like, genuinely how you learn. Um, if you're not getting your ass kicked, you're, you're probably rolling with the wrong people. Like, right. <laughs> do, do you know, it's... Um, I mean, to be honest, same thing with Strongman. I think one of the reasons I've ended up doing so well, I mean, yeah, I work really hard, but for, you know, eight years of training, I was always the smallest guy in the gym. I trained with mm. three heavyweights and a couple pros, and I was always the smallest guy. So every time I was yeah. there, I was trying to keep up with them on something. Yeah. At some point, compete with them at anywhere that I could and just hang with them. And it forced me, you know, if you're the biggest guy in the room, strongest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about, you know, just exactly what you've said, Dennis, if you think about taking eight years to get to the level you're at now, uh, like, there's no reason why if you if you put if you put that same amount of work ethic into jujitsu in eight years, I mean, you could be a you could be a black belt in eight years if yeah. you do that and you train sure. for maybe five times a week um, and that's what you're doing, you could do. If you're only training three times a week, then maybe I'll take you 12 years, but then don't even worry about getting to the black belt level. Just go and have fun. Right. And what were, and one of the coolest things that I found was when I got to, you know, I'd been training for a, a funny story. Actually, I broke, I broke ribs and I didn't get my blue belt when I should have. So I was a, a year late to get my blue belt. Um, but once I got to like four strikes of my, my white belt, I was so obsessed with then getting a blue belt. I really wasn't trying to improve my mm. jiu-jitsu. It was just get a blue belt, get a blue belt, get a blue belt. And then once I got the blue belt, it was like shackles came off again. You went, oh, now I can just go and have fun. And then just just went and had fun. And like jiu-jitsu is so much fun. Like never lose sight of the fact that, um, you know, you're never going to make a living at jiu-jitsu, right? So just go and have fun doing it. Like, just enjoy it. It's it, you know what I mean. It's not like um, it's, it's it's different to a lot of sports that way. But it's it's kind of loose and you just just enjoy it, man. Like it's mm-hmm. so much fun and it's such a good uh, such a good thing to do at yeah, any man. age. You know, whatever um, you know, whatever you whatever age you get into, it, it's, it's it's awesome. Yeah, and and what's more fun than sending your friend over the rainbow bridge? <laughs> And right. and if nothing else, if nothing else, you get to wear brightly coloured spandex and wrestle and sweat with your friends. And who doesn't love doing that, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, plus I've got a little girl. You know, she's eight years old, and I'm thinking to myself, "Yeah, I want to be big and strong and scare the shit out of some boys when they come over here." And you know, they start yeah. coming over and coming around in the next eight years or so. Yeah, so. absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, it's a very, very uh, relaxing feeling when you, you know, go out someplace and you, you, you know, you look at guys and you go, 
Yeah, he's big and he doesn't move well. You know, I could probably drop for a single leg and he wouldn't know what... It's so fucking cool to walk into a shop. It's just a very nice feeling to go, I could fuck you up. This is one of the things I've laughed at this so many times. Like, because I've done some triathlons and marathons and stuff and I am not built. Uh, like, I'm five eleven and a half, and at the minute, like, you know, 100 kilos, 102 kilos, probably, probably quite quite chubby at that it should probably be 90 kilos really um but I, you know i've been starting to you know like marathons and looking at these guys and they're all like looking at me like i'm fucking godzilla and uh <laughs> it's funny looking at them, i'm just going I, I i could murder every one of you right now and there's nothing you can do and that's the, oh, like i'm finished i wouldn't finish last I could fucking, I could out deadlift you, and I could murder you if I wanted to, and that <laughs> keeps me, that keeps it balanced. Like that's like yeah. what keeps it. Then we're even, you little fuck. fucking <laughs> <laughs> strong. I, yeah, man. Oh. I used to run uh, back. Not anymore, man. I do enough uh, cardio to keep just cardio for basic health. But I hate it, probably because you know I'm like two sixty. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 that's a that's a lot of, that's a lot of weight to move around about for a long yeah. time. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's I'm sick in the sense that I have to keep challenging myself to do something. Sure. Like if I fail. I failed. <clears throat> so the Kettleman Triathlon. Um, it's I should find out on Monday if it's going to happen this year in Scotland but I don't think it will uh, because there's still loads of restrictions here but it's 3.4 kilometre swim uh, in a, a Scottish loch which is usually single figures temperatures and then it's 200 kilometre cycle through the highlands where there's always a headwind and then there's a, a marathon over Munro's so I failed it last time uh, partly because I forgot to wear paddy shorts and my asshole was on fire, uh, and I was and I was just too heavy. Uh, there was a combination of those two things. Now it'd be super easy just to go, oh, fuck it, man. I'm just not doing that again. But is that, is that uh, you're going to have the same? I know you will. Is this? I can't now. I can't let that lie. I can't just say I just didn't do it. Oh. I understand, man. I've done it. Dude, I did one marathon in my life just to say I did it. Now, I was about 170 pounds when I did it. I will never do it again. Now, I love the idea of saying I did it. Yeah. And if I was in your shoes, I would absolutely just suck it up for one miserable time <laughs> and just get it done. I mean, yeah. I do bodybuilding at some point. Um, I like performance, so I hate the idea of losing strength. But just the sheer discipline required uh, and maybe a break on my joints a little bit. I thought about doing it simply because I think it'd be hard. <laughs> like, and I just want to do it once. And I may love it and do it again, or I may be like, that was the dumbest thing I ever did, but I'm glad I did it. <laughs> yeah. I think um, it's quite, somebody posted them. I don't think they're, I think they're old pictures, but somebody posted them today that I've seen them on, on Facebook or something was Terry Hollands, you know, from, he did a bodybuilding show. I think it was last year he maybe done it. Um, and he was shredded. Yeah. Uh, and I think he just did it for himself. Like he, yeah, he did. And yeah, to get help awesome. again, it, it actually helped him. And that's why I thought it might help me too. Is you know when you're training for performance, you often develop a lot of imbalances. Mm. And if you train for aesthetics, you have to be balanced. So if I have some professional coach looking at me and going, "Hey man, you know your quads are three times the size of your hamstrings," and this and the other, and so we spend maybe six to nine months balancing things out proportionally that's going to make me healthier when i return to strength yeah 
think I think Terry did that for his own personal health because it was getting out of hand. But now he's returned to strongman as a master's athlete, and he's pushing some of his best numbers he's ever did. Yeah, you know. And so I think I mean I think there's something to be said for that. So yeah, definitely. definitely. So it's quite it's quite funny that because I remember when I first. Um, when I first started getting away from when I first started getting away from amateur boxing, and I was working with, um, I was actually going to see a, a physio because I had loads of issues at the time. It was all banged up, and one of the problems was shoulders, and I had real problem with mobility in shoulders. You know, I, I, like you're saying, front squat, I have to cross arms. I can't, I can't do this. And one of the things was because you had stood like this for so long, like everything was all over the place, and it was very, very difficult to kind of try and. Um, get that back to a place where I could kind of be flexible on my shoulders because you've done this one stupid thing for so long <laughs> that your body's just going to fucking don't know what I don't know what this is. And I can't back squat in a low bar position. I can't get my shoulders back. <laughs> I have to like ridiculous. Yeah. Go into a mono lift and be like one of those old fat dudes who just puts his hands all the way out on the plates because you can't. I can't bend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My wife's a massage therapist, so she's always working on me. Every time she works on me, she's like, you are made of steel mesh. Like, She's like, you're supposed to have like 30 more degrees of flexibility. I'm like, well, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, uh, that must be, that must be, uh, no, I was going to say that must be real nice to have a, somebody who can give you a rub down in the house, but she probably gets fed up with you asking for it, right? <laughs> well, to be honest, she doesn't right now. Just, I mean... She's all she's super into it, so she likes practicing. I mean, maybe eventually when she's like super busy, she's like, oh, make an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> <Big Hey>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there, what's the what's the film? Uh is it Goodfellas? You know, you know, the fuck you pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's uh, it's it's one of the things that's actually annoyed me the most is I I know like I don't know about you but I I know when I need to get uh, everything loosened off is I can feel the tension in my ass that's when I know I've got I can feel it you know when you touch something you go oh I need I need this released yeah we can't go we can't see anybody just now <sighs> super annoying for me it's always my shoulders I tend to just come forward big time mm. and I have a trouble just sitting upright maintaining a good posture. Like yeah. all right, gotta get we gotta get stuff worked on here. Yeah, this is uh, this is this is when you know you're starting to get old. When you, you just just slouching is like that. Yeah. That's gonna cost me. That's gonna cost yeah. me a week in the gym. I'm not even that old. I turned uh, I turned 34 in April, but uh, I still you know put myself under a lot of stress. My body's gonna yeah. beat. Yeah, no, I've I've said this to Ali before in the gym. And I'm sure you've had days like this. Right, I've I, you know I've been lying on the couch or something or lying in bed and going. I think I have to go to a doctor that something has to be seriously wrong with me. And then you go, okay, I'm 36 and I've done 12 training sessions this week and worked a full-time job. You go, that, that's what's wrong with you. Like, you're you under recovering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, a lot yeah. of mechanical load uh, and you yep. just a lot of, you know, you forget. I, I didn't know. Did, have you found yet? I felt like I don't know how Ali would I don't know how, how Ali felt about this, but I felt about thirty two, uh, like my uh, like I could still train brutally hard. I couldn't do that two days in a row. Have you found any of that yet? Um, well, I guess it depends on your diet, nutrition. I think um, I'll tell you this: I know that now all these things have to be in line, or I'm fucked. Like yeah, yeah. If, if if I'm smart about it, I mean, I did two days yesterday 
and it wasn't really wise. I slept like shit last night. Absolute shit. I track everything on my watch. I've got a Garmin watch and uh, my sleep was terrible. And I could tell that because I had a really high heart rate, mm-hmm. um, feeling kind of crampy and achy. And uh, so if I'm smart and I'm making sure that I get my cardio in, like I said, to be honest, jujitsu has actually helped me. A lot of times when I feel like shit, I feel better after I move. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, if I'm not, I'm saying when I was, when I was 20, 25, I could just go into the gym like every day and go balls out mm. with no care in the world, barely warming up, you know, now, no, if I do that two days in a row, if I do that one day, I'm going to be fine. So, yeah. um, I would say now, like I can, I just have to be super intentional and everything's got to be on point. Yeah. Right. If I, it takes a dump and I didn't really get to eat cause I was super busy one day and I ate one big meal. It's not gonna be enough, man. It's not enough for what I'm doing. So yeah. I'm gonna feel I try, you know, yeah, and yeah. hurting something or just whatever. So yeah, I think yeah. I think that's that's the big difference, isn't it? It's knowing how and when. Because like you were saying, I did I did sports sciences at uni. So when I was a twenty one year old, you know, university student, I was jacking Burger King six times a week. I was drinking booze <laughs> nine days a week, and then rolling into the gym the next morning at six a.m. and doing a workout, and then heading to class, doing all the lectures, heading straight out again that night for parties. You know, mm. sleeping yeah. three three hours and four days, and and just getting by on sheer Red Bull adrenaline and Burger King, and and if I did that now, I would die of a heart attack. There's no two ways about it. My heart would explode yeah. in my chest. Yeah. Now, is yeah. it funny? You get all the things that were like your worst nightmare as a teen or college student are now like your dream. Like, yeah. you can't go out tonight, and you have to stay in, and you have to go to bed by eight. I'm like, yes. In bed by eight. Like I've had, I've had not not just now, obviously, not the last year, but I've had like friends message me not that long ago when we're allowed to go out, uh, like eight p.m. on a Saturday night, and like, fuck it, man, do you want to go to the pub for a few pints? Like, you want me to put you want me to put jeans on at (laughs) eight p.m. Are you fucking? Are you insane? (laughs) Man, it's when it's. It's when, that shit. No, it's when you're coming home from the pub at the time you used to go out that you know you're done and dusted. Oh, yeah. yeah. My wife and I say that all the time. Like, we are so lame. We're like heading home, like, well, it's seven o'clock. We better get home soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can remember being in Spain and, and all these all these party places. And it's like midnight, drinking on the balcony from like fucking, well, all day basically. And then, you know, really getting serious about your drinking at nine o'clock at night. And then midnight, like, let's go out. And it's like nowadays, like, somebody, like, I am, I am asleep usually this time. Like, we are now like 25 past 10. I, I should be in, in bed by now. Like, I'll be, I'll be asleep. for y'all. <laughs> like, as a. Uh, it's uh yeah, it's it's funny. It's you see the things you used to your worst nightmare when you're a kid. Now you're like yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's, I'm awake at ten o'clock. That's not happening. It's you've only got, fun you, you've, got, you've got nothing to do on Sunday. Like, oh, thank fuck. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. A day of nothing. That's a mess. It's perfect. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, My goal in life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Now I know um, we've been going for quite a while now, like an hour and twenty yeah, minutes. I know, yeah. you, I know, you, I know you, the, you, the family hostage in that other room, and I don't want them to. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't want them to hate us, so um, we'll probably let you let you cut free, man, and, and let you get to them and and, uh, and and chill out for the night. But yeah, um, it yeah, was, it, uh, I could I could talk your ear off for another hour and a half or so. But yeah, I probably should let them out of the room. You know, yeah, let's uh, let's, let's do it back on. 
Let's do it again at some point. In fact, when 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 uh, when did you see you're going to Russia? I go to Russia in three weeks, so um, March 30th through April 6th. Okay, cool. Let's, very uh, April. Then yeah. very end of April, I've got the other competition. So yeah, let's uh, you know, maybe after you've got these these couple of competitions out, man, we'll, we'll speak to you again, get you back on, and, and have another <laughs> hour and a half. That'll be good fun. Um, but yeah, uh, it was it was a good fun conversation. Um, just just before we wind up fully, Anthony, we always do this for all our guests. But do you want to shout any of your social medias or anything that we can send some people sure. your way? And we'll tag it in the video and our notes when we release this as well. Yeah. So the best way to get in touch with me is on Instagram. I have a Facebook, but I'm barely on it. Um, so Instagram is uh, Anthony One Hundred Five K Pro Strongman. Um, that's where I post all my shenanigans and um, you know occasional random funny memes and whatever whatever other nonsense i feel like posting so uh you guys can you know catch me over there awesome awesome we'll add that in so uh yeah uh, let's start winding this down as i say we're heading on to half 10 here and you need to get back to the kids but genuinely Anthony, it's been an absolute pleasure again i'll make a public apology for getting the dates wrong and <laughs> greatly appreciate as well you sliding this one back by an hour as well so we could get this organized but it's been a good yeah. uh, it's been a good episode we've really enjoyed it so thank really? you for coming on uh, best luck to your wife as well in our in our massage business that she set yeah. up hope that all sets up well so and yeah. good luck for you know your competitions that are coming up and uh, hope you enjoy siberia <laughs> yeah well enjoy is relative so <laughs> <laughs> cool, well episode 59 of the silly goose gang podcast with anthony deal america's strongest man is done and dusted Silly Goose Gang Podcast.